0: Mancrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
1: That's it, good to see you. Oh hello, Prime hey, Minister. Hey Chris, nice to see you. Uh, hello, man. Hey, listen, I'm gonna chair the meeting on Monday. Right? right. Okay, this COVID virus we need to keep an eye on. Yes, there we are. Okay, we are. thank you.
0: Could you tell us about the latest developments, Prime Minister?
1: Uh, well, you know, as you can imagine, the issue of uh, coronavirus is uh, now the government's uh, uh, top priority. And I uh, just come from a meeting with the Chief Medical Officer and the uh, Secretary of State for Health and others. Uh, but as I say, uh, you know, I think uh, the best thing all of us can do to prevent the spread of a coronavirus is just, just to wash our hands. Good. It was good. Actually, I quite like that. Bit was of a nice. tiny smile at the end there just to yeah, sort yeah. of sell it, it a bit. Nice.
0: Right, that's This England. You can stream all six episodes now on Sky Atlantic. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. I must say, James, I haven't seen this yet when I saw Trailer. I thought, do I want to see Boris Johnson being depicted yet again in some drama?
1: Um, it's not even... Like, that's one thing. It's also, do you want to watch loads of people dying miserable COVID deaths? Which, to be honest, I didn't <laughs> want to either, right? Um I have very mixed feelings about the show. So it's six hours of this of the Boris Johnson early COVID era. And actually, when Michael Winterbottom and Kieron Quirk, who um, who wrote it, when they started writing it, they were just going to make this show about like about COVID. And then in the in mid production, I guess is when Boris run into all of his. Most recent <laughs> political troubles, <laughs> yeah, um, and if, if, because of that, it feels kind of odd in its in its format, right? So it opens with this very kind of long, prolonged um, news roundup of how Boris got into Number Ten, as in Theresa getting the heave ho and the you know the, the the race for the leadership, and it all feels very <laughs> very recent as well, given mm. the one we just went through, and then it starts and you know I guess the big selling point here is you have Kenneth Branagh this you know very this famed Shakespearean actor who has uh, you know a big award winning guy mm. be- becoming Boris Johnson and uh, certainly he, he he does the voice and the impression quite well uh, and he's covered in prosthetics and he's got a blonde bob which I think could be more ruffled in my opinion that's mm. the only major kind of note I will give on on his appearance but then it's a little bit like a couple of years ago and you probably won't even remember this I looked it up it was 2018 RT did this drama called The Bailout and it was about the Troika coming yeah, into Ireland yeah. and I remember watching it because the actress Irish actress Norma Sheehan appears at some point as uh, you know as some politician who can't even remember sorry and um <laughs> I remember laughing when I saw her because she you know she was in, she was done up in this costume and when you're watching it you're seeing people appear on the screen who are supposed to be people that you've seen in the news right you've got Boris you've got Matt Hancock you've got Dominic Cummings you've got Rishi Sunak and every time one of them appears it breaks the scene apart because you're yeah, just recognizing yeah. this person who you know who they're supposed to be and a lot of them are very poor impressions right So on the one hand, you've got this docudrama about what's going on in number 10 with Carrie Simmons being pregnant and... Boris being bumbling and but also a bit cutthroat and uh, Dominic Cummings absolutely launching this full-on attack against Matt Hancock who you must see as some sort of threat even though that's not even particularly well established why he's so mean right mm. and maybe this this probably is all well and true a good reflection of what it was like inside number 10 but we kind of already knew it mm. right Yeah. so we're just kind of seeing stuff that we vaguely kind of already knew without adding any sort of uh, deeper pathos into why these people are doing it or or. or suggesting even a reason why we're doing it. Then, on the other hand, we see... Um, like And I mean, the scenes are cut really, really, really quick. And I will say, the scale of the production is very interesting because there must be about 500 characters in it, right? So between all the scenes taking place in number 10, we're then flying around the whole of the UK. And by that, I mean, we're going to Cobra meetings, we're going to SAGE meetings, we're going to the Crick Institute in Oxford, we're going to the Lancet magazine, we're going to the BBC Studios, we're going to a care home, hospital ward, uh, like, a, a, you know... A scrubs making factory and we're getting all these snapshots of all the things that are happening during covid and while it is extremely um, poignant at some points right like and as i said at the outset here you're getting an awful lot of pe- you're you're watching a lot of people right at the very end of their life as they're, mm, as they're dying yeah. from covid and it is stark and brutal but i'm not sure if that's the story that they're trying to tell i kind of went in thought thinking that this was going to be more about number 10
0: yes yeah
1: and the people that we see suffering from COVID are really just very broad sketches, right? Because there are people you see in one episode for five minutes, and then the next scene they're gone, kind of thing. And we don't really gain any appreciation for who they are. Some of them get more fleshed out. I will say, you know, they they go they repeatedly return to this one care home, and it is heartbreakingly sad what is going on inside this care home. But everyone else is sort of sort of is is sort of like a five minute scene in an episode and I'm not trying to say it's not hard it's hard to feel sorry for these people of course it is extremely uh, it's extremely poignant in its places but I kind of was expecting more of the the political machinations going on right and the Dominic Cummings is kind of so Dominic Cummings is played by uh, this actor named Simon Paisley Day um, like he <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, like I, I obviously I don't know Dominic Cummings, right? Yeah, the only thing yeah. I know about Dominic Cummings is that that terrible press conference he did hmm. in the garden, right? And you do get to see that in the show. Funnily enough, uh, Simon Paisley Day was also in um the, the Uncivil War, the Brexit show that was on Channel 4 in oh, which Benedict right. Cumberbatch was Cumberbatch was also playing um Dominic Cummings. But this version of Dominic Cummings is so utterly charmless and robotic and um, like almost pantomime villain villainous in yeah. his in his disinterest in everything that's going on and shooting everything down that like you kind of don't even gain you know you, you kind of wonder how he rose to Ali Power at all because yeah. like nobody seems to be on his side because I would
0: imagine it's, it's difficult enough even if you're Kenneth Branagh to, to do Boris Johnson <laughs> without succumbing to the... Because what did we know about Boris Johnson's interior life or even if he has one? So for an actor, it's hard not to do him as a cartoon Uh, figure.
1: And what uh, Winterbottom and Quirk put forward as Boris's internal monologue at times is we get scenes of him, you know, we get scenes of him being seen as a terrible absent father from his grown-up children or however... A questionable number of children, (laughs) yes. So (laughs) ringing them and leaving them messages and them not contacting him. And then uh, we get him staring out of windows and sort of quoting Shakespeare or rattling off bits of Greek and all sort of classic stuff that is, you know, like it might as well be jargon to me because I know nothing about it. Furthermore, then... um, it's incredibly sympathetic. I felt it was incredibly sympathetic to Boris. Now, I don't, like, don't get me wrong. I don't wish, I didn't wish anybody a COVID death. I don't wish anybody going forward a COVID death. And what happened to Boris going into hospital and going into intensive care and and going through all of mm. that? Like, that's a very scary thing for anyone to go through. But it presents him, prior to even that, I thought it presented him quite, somewhat sympathetically, really, in the sense that, like, the, the pandemic comes along and... Obviously, uh, he makes decisions as PM that, uh, you know, to, to delay locking down. And really, I felt like by the end, it is trying to make this point that, you know, this X thousand number of extra people have died because because of a delay in doing that. But it's quite sympathetic in the lead up to that, as if that they're kind of making, the, like everyone's making decisions on the fly based on the advice that they have but it's drawing contrast against the UK and Italy, when really it should be drawing contrast between the UK and literally everyone else in the world because we were all going through this at the same time. Ultimately, I guess my my major issue with this is it all feels a bit too soon, right? Mm. Like you know, the pandemic is still happening. Right? Well, that's true. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I can't remember the name of the drama,
0: but Channel Four did a drama again with my I can't yeah, remember Jodie. Jodie, yes, yeah, uh, where they where they're in that nursing home, yes, and, and, and it's just her trying to cope overnight while people are literally dying. Now, I that that was harrowing, but it was yeah. extraordinary, and it told. In the micro sense, the story of the pandemic, yes,
1: and and it's a it's a it's a, like a, it's a bottle episode, right? It's yeah. all taking place within the one place you you gain an appreciation for the people involved because you get more than thirty seconds with them before mm. it flits off to like Birmingham or Newcastle or wherever, right Here it's just a scattershot 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 of everything that's going on and the the editing is frenetic. The cast list is honestly five hundred people long, and so much of it feels like impression and bad impression at that. Not necessarily not necessarily uh, Kenneth Branagh who I think is fine but like uh, Olivia Loverbont who, who was in Minx which I talked about mm. last week who I, is great she gets like nothing to do as Carrie Simmons except yeah. be pregnant <laughs> 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 yeah All Right.
0: okay uh, we'll leave that one aside then and move on to the next show uh, it's The Bear streaming on Disney Plus from this Wednesday uh, here's a clip okay um, Marcus where are we on cakes? Uh, get in there getting there what the f- you, Marcus,
1: what the f- are you doing? Still working on this? Yo, come on. What, what are you tripping for? Come on. What the, the f- am I tripping if for? I'm doing are this you here done? right now? It doesn't now? make a difference. There's four kicks and still. Yeah, I was
0: going to cut them. They're I'm... not even cut yet. Yeah, it's no, not that big it, of a Marcus. deal. What is Um, I am um, I'm doing them in five. Basically, I'm no, going to order no, them stop. in five. No, so... no. Stop. Everything. Fire everything right f- now. Okay,
1: I'll fire everything now. I just was finishing Step talking out. to Marcus and Step I. Step out. Okay, I'm going to talk to Marcus. Step out. Get off my expo, Chef, Now. Get the f- off.
0: Thank you. We're firing. 76 beefs, 34 chickens, okay? 12 French fries, 12 mash. F- now. Right, so this is set in... Is it the guy moves to Chicago? That's the the gist
1: of it. So it's set in contemporary Chicago, though. That has been one criticism uh, levelled against it, that it's in a part of Chicago that they're portraying as this real rough and ready working class neighbourhood. And actually, it's not. It's kind of like... Okay, gentrified. uh, Yeah, Uh, gentrified 15 to 20 years ago. Uh, But this is arguably the critical darling of the summer in the US. And we have waited a long time for it to come. Like, I have literally been Googling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it's a Hulu or an FX show, which means Disney own it, owns it, and like my most searched term must be <laughs> the bear Disney UK, <laughs> because UK and Ireland are banded, banded yeah. together and the news is more likely to break there here than here. And it, 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 it launched, I think, in the US in July or June, maybe. It went to Australia and New Zealand on the 1st of August or the 30th of August. And it's a, it has been a long time coming for, you know, today or for Wednesday, rather, for it to arrive. And it's from a guy named Christopher Storer. Uh, he, his other credits would be, Eighth Grade and Rami, which would be very critical darlings as well. And it stars Jeremy Allen White as Carmi uh, Berzato, who is this, he's like this amazing, brilliant chef. And I mean haute cuisine of the hautest cuisine in the sense that he worked for Noma. He's worked for the finest, finest, fanciest Michelin-starred restaurants going and won the James Beard Award and blah, 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 blah. And he is this absolute, you know. I mean, he's a perfectionist chef, right? Yeah. And he returns to his family or his brother, his late brother's sandwich shop. Now, I'm using sandwich in inverted commas here because I'm not quite sure what they cook, right? In the sense that they seem to be serving what look like delicious sandwiches, but also then they have a dinner service as well and it sort of seems like a bit of a greasy spoon, but it's not also a greasy spoon because they're always cooking things that don't seem like what a greasy spoon would be serving. But that's really neither here nor there. This is a drama that is about the absolute stress of working in a kitchen, and like expect Gordon Ramsay levels of, of you know of efforts as we go through this because it is stressful. It is the kind like it is my favorite thing, which is half hour episodes, and there are uh, I think there are eight of them. The seventh episode is this one take, uh, like twenty five minute long one take episode floating through the kitchen after oh. the, after they've received a review that brings to the boil all of these tensions that are simmering all over the place. There's a few too many food puns <laughs> going yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. And and all in it is it is spectacular. What what I love like this stands in almost perfect con- contrast with this England because this England is at no point feels natural, right? The performances are all either or like uh you know um mannered. Mannered yeah. and put on and and impressions, right? Mm. The second you start watching this like I almost thought I wasn't watching the first episode. That's how lived in it feels in right, right yeah. from the very get go. So in the in this kitchen of uh, Mr Beef, the sandwich shop, the Mr Beef of Chicago Land is the name of the sandwich shop he's working in. You've got Carmi. you've got uh, his cousin, though not actually his cousin, uh, Richie, who's played by Ebon moss Rock, who you would know from Girls as Desi uh, Marnie's terrible husband, and then rounding them up is um, Io Adebari, who's a stand-up comedian who plays Sydney, who is this kind of like sous chef who has had her own issues in life, but is is also very into haute cuisine and has sort of followed Carmi there because he has this great reputation. And it's really about why has this absolute star, you know, Michelin, whatever, chef, Left the the echelons of of that environment to return to Chicago to go to this kitchen, which is a bit grimy and grubby, mm, and everything okay. is uh, everything is effing, effing this and effing that and a disaster. And why is he gone back? Why is he taking this step back in his career? And to go into any of that would constitute a spoiler. massive spoiler so okay. I'm not going right. to do that.
0: So is this a drama drama or is it like a Rammy type
1: drama? It is a drama... Oh, like I'd have to say it is a drama drama because it is tense. Now I mean what I will uh, give Christopher store credit for is he knows when to break the tension and like yeah. there are plenty of jokes in this but I would put it more in the drama cat- category than I would the comedy category. But I guarantee this is going to be like the major Emmy show of next year's Emmys because they've just taken place, right? And it wasn't eligible. Uh, this will be guaranteed like to have been nominated across the board. It It is arriving late to us, but trust me, it, it is worth the wait.
0: Okay, right. Well, we'll move on to our next show. It is Celebrity Lingo. It's on, on Sundays at 8pm on Virgin Media 1. Here's a clip. Claire and Alice, it's your turn. Your first four-letter lingo begins with M. Time starts now. Mast, M-A-S-T. Found the A. Male, M-A-L-E. Nothing there. M- Maps, M-A-P-S.
1: I know this white paper.
0: Nothing there, still nothing.
1: Mag Mags. Spell it. M-A-G-S.
0: <laughs> no, nothing. One last try.
1: Main, M-A-I-N. Oh, welcome. Right. <laughs> In the nick of time.
0: <laughs> Right, so should Wordle, will Wordle be suing these people?
1: <laughs> well, I actually, in fairness, uh, my understanding is Lingo, the game show, existed in like 1988 for, oh, okay. for one 10-episode series on ITV way back when. But whoever invented it has done well by themselves because there are versions of it in France, in the Netherlands, and now this updated version. But I have to admit... It it's it's regenesis must be spurred on by Mm. or spurred on rather by uh, by Wordle and by the success of Wordle over when was Wordle (laughs) a year ago anyway whenever whenever
0: that happened in the pandemic (laughs) times
1: and uh, so basically it is a word game right but and this is the celebrity version somewhat bizarrely hosted by RuPaul Charles, of all hmm. people. So you see RuPaul, you know, talking to stars of Coronation Street, asking them to guess four-letter words, given the first letter. And it is, it's is—it's like Wordle, it goes green if it's right, it goes yellow if it's right, but it's not in the right place. And what makes it maybe, I guess, different to Wordle is they have a very short time span. It seems to be only like 15 seconds or something to guess the word. So, Frankie. So as a game show, right, it works... Very, very well because it's it's easy to follow. It's instantly uh, playable as a home viewer because you're just there guessing along with them and it moves along at a great pace. What what intrigued me is what on earth is RuPaul Charles who, you know, I mean, I, I googled RuPaul's net worth and obviously take this with a pinch of salt, right? Um, and some fracking, which yeah. she, uh, she is known for, he is known for as well. But um, it's 60 million. That, that was what the internet put forward. Okay. And I was sort of thinking, why on earth? Like why? You know, why is RuPaul presenting a celebrity version of this on ITV and on Virgin Media One here on Sundays at eight o'clock when yeah. media mogul of you know with with a international franchise of shows that is just going to make money for the next fifteen years at yeah. least. And it's because RuPaul also presents it in the US. This is actually an entirely US production that films in the UK. So when they film the US ah. version, they fly over the US yeah. celebrities. And I've heard recently about like this music show that took place in Ireland that flew over all the American celebrities and it's an entirely US show, but it was filmed here in Ireland because of tax breaks. Yes, sure. So, so RuPaul is a very game host at this. I mean, it, it doesn't all quite work. Like one of the one of the catchphrases of Drag Race is, oh, no, you better don't. Or no, oh, no, sheep. Oh, no, you better don't, yeah. And in this, it becomes, oh, no, lingo, no, you better don't. Or something like really, <laughs> oh, re- really ham-fisted. But look, here's the thing. It's an enjoyable enough quiz show. Now, would I be sitting down at eight o'clock on a Sunday? Yeah, to that's watch a it? weird,
0: that's the <laughs> scheduling, I think, is kind yeah. of
1: odd. That yeah. is really weird. This, if this was on like, you know, you know, a uh, pointless time. Yeah, like five yeah. o'clock in the afternoon when you're cooking your dinner or finishing your homework or whatever it is you're doing. It would be absolutely perfect as a as a you know as a placeholder for prime time drama as we go into the darker winter nights. I don't think
0: so <laughs> It's an odd Yeah it is not a place <laughs> to play watch. Word but it. Yeah maybe they have to do it with ITV or something Anyway those three shows we're talking about This England you can stream all six episodes now on Sky Atlantic The Bear that's streaming on Disney Plus from this Wednesday and Celebrity Lingo you can catch out on Sundays at 8pm on Virgin Media One. James Dempsey thanks a million Thank you Moncrief Brought to you by Avant Money Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again Weekdays at 2pm on news talk